It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, transgender rights, racial rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there are special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that people still really prefer freedom over force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Each of you are treasured. You're valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting, and producer Joe, who is uh, training with producer Steve. So, Steve, welcome. Great to have you. You're going to be retiring soon. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I can't, uh, <laughs> after 51 years in the workforce, I, I'm kind of having a hard time getting my head around that. I'm not sure you're going to know what to do with yourself, but that's just me talking. Well, but, the, list, uh, the list is growing. Is it? Is it? And producer Joe, welcome. I'm very excited to have uh, have your perspective and have you join the show. It's it's great, so I know that you're working hard, getting trained to, to get up to speed for the end of the month. Hi, Kim. Thank you. Yes, I'm looking forward to this opportunity very much. Uh, well, I am too. So anyway, we've got lots of work to do. We are at the tip of the spear here in Colorado, my friends, and we cannot give up. Uh, there is just uh, an onslaught of totalitarianism. Uh, somebody just uh, had texted me that uh, out in Lakewood last night, there was a vote uh, to... Um, by the city council to get rid of Lakewood's growth cap, which is something that the people had voted on. And whether or not you agree or disagree with that, it is stunning that the elected representatives would actually um, decide to reverse what the people that they represent had voted for. So, again, this was uh, from um, the uh, Colorado Public uh, Radio, and uh, they just... um, says Lakewood's growth cap is going away. It's the first big change as Colorado Democrats push for density. And uh, so once again, we wonder why housing is unattainable, unaffordable, whatever we want to call it. It is because of public policy. And uh, paying a significant amount of rent for a very small apartment is not affordable. And the reason that this is occurring is because of public policy. Uh, there are those that, on the Democrat side, uh, the radical activist Democrats, that do not want to secure our southern border but have no problem putting urban corridors, putting borders around their cities, such as Boulder, so that there can be um, there's less and less potential a building of single-family homes. So no problem putting those borders in, which makes housing uh, less affordable. And then, of course, the answer then, government makes it more expensive, is then that government comes in and subsidizes it. But that what that means is, is government comes in and picks winners and losers, and that is antithetical to the American idea. You have to ask yourself, uh, after you put a roof over your head, pay your taxes, what's left? <laughs> yes, uh, it's like we have become, what was it that uh, Ronald Reagan said, that uh, the taxpayer is someone who works for the government. They just don't t- have to take the civil service test. And, uh, of course, um, 
seems like that's becoming truer and truer, and it is a form of slavery if, in fact, you cannot keep most of the fruits of your labor. But uh, be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson.com. Sign up for, for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And uh, just notice, we just recently changed website or web hosts, and we had neglected to get our contribute button over there. And someone called or texted me and said, hey, uh, where's your contribute button? So that is there now. So you can help us out by going to our contribute button. Uh, our word of the day is rapacious. And uh, three different definitions. One, having or showing a strong or excessive desire to acquire money or possess things. Greedy. Two, living by killing prey, especially in large numbers. Three, taking things by force or plundering. And I said, well, the general public has thought that electeds and bureaucrats had our best interests in mind, and if you do, we are realizing that PBIs on both sides of the aisle actually have rapacious agendas. What do you think, Steve and Joe? Funny you would take a, um, a, a political path there, because it was my very first thought, too, in terms of I, I envisioned the taxpayer standing in the House of Representatives. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you, it's, uh, let's see, I, was, I had a quote, who was it the other day that said if, um, I can't remember who the quote was by, but it said if Thomas Jefferson thought that taxation without representation was a problem, wait until we see taxation with representation, and that's where we're at right now. So, uh, But let's have a little inspiration from our Medal of Honor quote book. Uh, that is published by the Center for American Values. They are located in Pueblo, Colorado. And uh, Drew Dix, who is a Medal of Honor recipient, and uh, Brad Padula is a documentary uh, filmmaker, uh, among other things, truly an entrepreneur. Uh, they decided that it was important to, first of all, honor our Medal of Honor recipients. So this, they have this beautiful portraits of valor of uh, over 160 of our Medal of Honor recipients with quotes from each of them. Um, but to uh, to not just have those be pictures on a wall, but to take the inspiration from these men and make sure that we are learning it ourselves and passing it on to the next generation. They have uh, some great educational programs. They're really working on a new online uh, educational program, which is, um, I think it's getting very close to being done. Uh, but the Center for American Values is located in Pueblo, Colorado, on the Riverwalk. You can get more information by going to AmericanValueCenter.org. That's AmericanValueCenter.org. And this is the quote from Edward C. Dahlgren, United States Army Medal of Honor recipient, born 1916, died 2006. And this is his story, or his citation. He said, he led the 3rd Platoon to the rescue of a similar unit which had been surrounded in an enemy counterattack at Oberhofen, France. As he advanced along the street, he observed several Germans crossing a field about 100 yards away. Running into a barn, he took up a position in a window and swept the hostile troops with submachine gun fire, killing six and wounding others, and completely disorganizing the group. His platoon then moved forward through intermittent uh, intermittent sniper fire and made contact with the besieged Americans. When the two platoons had been reorganized, Sergeant Dahlgren continued to advance along the street until he drew fire from an enemy-held house. In the face of machine, pistol, and rifle fire, he ran toward the building, hurled a grenade through the door, and blasted his way inside with his gun. This aggressive attack so rattled the Germans that all eight men who had held the strong point immediately surrendered. 
As Sergeant Dahlgren started toward the next house, hostile machine gun fire drove him to cover. He secured rifle grenades, stepped to an exposed position, and calmly launched his missiles from a difficult angle until he had destroyed the machine gun and killed its two operators. He moved to the rear of the house and suddenly came under fire of a machine gun and placed in a barn. Throwing a grenade into the structure, he rushed the position, firing his weapon as he ran, and within he overwhelmed five Germans. After reorganizing his unit, he advanced to clear hostile riflemen from the building where he had destroyed the machine gun. He entered the house by a window and trapped the Germans in the cellar where he tossed grenades into their midst, wounding several and forcing ten more to surrender. While reconnoitering another street with a comrade, he heard German voices in a house. An attack with the rifle gr- grenades drove the hostile troops to the cellar. Sergeant Dahlgren entered the building, kicked open the cellar door, and fired several bursts down the stairs, called for the trapped enemy to surrender. Sixteen soldiers filed out with their hands in the air. The bold leadership and magnificent courage displayed by Sergeant Dahlgren and his heroic attacks were in large measure responsible for repulsing an enemy counterattack and saving an American platoon from great danger. Boy, the stories, Steve and Joe, they just keep on coming, don't they? They do, and both of us are sitting here shaking our heads. And, uh, you know, I guess... Not the telltales, but the age difference between Joe and myself is, uh, you know, significant. But he had said something earlier this morning because we were working on American Veterans Story for Sunday, and his observation about what these shows that you uh, host, what they really, what's the significance of them really is in terms of these these men and their heroic actions, and. His observation, he's not being coached here, but he says, I don't know that this would happen today. And that's, that's, that just captures my, my full attention. Uh, <clears throat> that is why we must keep these stories alive, is to take the inspiration from these men and women that have been willing to put their lives on the line or have given their lives for this American idea, which is truly under attack. It's it's under attack in this battle of ideas right now, and ideas are so powerful. And that's why I will mention the USMC Memorial Foundation, which I dearly love as well, is uh, I've really gotten to know the um, Paula Sarles and her team and uh, all the guys and, and, and women at Cooper's Troopers. Cooper's Troopers is a, a group of of um, really combat Marines that uh, came together. There is no way that any of us can understand what combat really is. It, 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 but yet, if you've gone through combat, there is an instant, instant bond because those that have gone through combat, they understand just what it is exactly. But this great American idea started with uh, the colonists in the Revolutionary War. And, and um, they fought for liberty, and we're fighting for liberty as well. And there is totalitarianism and tyranny uh, every which way that we look, and that's why we engage in this battle of ideas each and every day. So be sure and check out the Center for American Values at AmericanValuesCenter.org, and uh, let's, honor, um, let's honor our military by contributing to the USMC Memorial Foundation at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And this is what Edward C. Dahlgren said. He said, As a platoon leader, I did the very best I could to protect my men with the help of God. And uh, again, 
there is something bigger than all of us out there. And when we get so egocentric and forget that, and there's a difference, and we had that great show with Jay Davidson last week, the difference between the sanctity of the individual and being egocentric. They are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So again, Edward C. Dahlgren, as a platoon leader, I did the very best I could to protect my men with the help of God. But we could say, as an American citizen, I did the very best to protect myself, my family, my fellow men, my fellow countrymen with the help of God. And the other thing I would really like us to see, and this would be quite a movement in Colorado, but if every year every Colorado student would um, actually have a an assignment to take one of these Medal of Honor recipients, um, learn what they did, learn their quotes, and learn about their lives. I think that it would start to really change our state uh, for the better. And uh, while we're waiting on the educational system to do that, of course, the Center for American Values is uh, working on these educational projects. But we, as parents and grandparents, can actually do this. So I would highly recommend that you get that Center for, uh, get the uh, quote, Medal of Honor quote book from Center for American Values and start to talk with your children and your grandchildren about that. Uh, the show comes to you because great sponsors. I know each and every one of these sponsors, and uh, I know them personally, highly recommend them. And when you are looking to do business, um, you know, have the need for some, something that one of my sponsors does, it would be um, great for you to give them your business. And you will know that you're working with excellent people that strive uh, to give great service and products. And one of those is Karen Levine. Rosie's doing it. So is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that, and guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today. It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubbs Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubbs Services. Schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubbservices.com and receive a great gift. That's johnnystubbservices.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. 
everyone. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I got ahead of myself I uh, uh, regarding Roger Mangan, uh, State Farm Insurance Team. Uh, Roger and his team are, um, I mean, he's been in business for 47 years taking care of his clients and his family and giving back to the community. And I highly recommend uh, the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance team for all of your insurance needs. Um, we, we've got an update. Uh, last week on Friday, one of our listeners, uh, Johnny, uh, had called to say that he would be uh, doing some DJ uh, work at uh, Drip Coffee in the Santa Fe Art Center, and uh, that in fact there's been trans activists uh, that have arrived, and we actually had one of our listeners that went down and sent me or uh, texted me some pictures, and we thought it would be good to get an update on what happened last Friday. Uh, so Balfouche is on the line. Balfouche, uh, welcome. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Well, you were down at Drip Coffee on a Friday afternoon. Apparently, Westward reported on it as well. But the pictures that you sent me were pictures of some very angry people, uh, and that would be the trans activists. And uh, they didn't seem like they were really up for any coexisting with anybody that has a different idea than they do. Uh, That's correct. Actually, what it was, it was uh, the Denver Communist Party. Uh, were the actual protesters. Uh, they were required by debt by Denver city and county of Denver uh, to get a permit because they had been blocking the entrance. And they did get a permit, and their permitting place was at the end of the block away from uh, Drip Cafe. However, they left their assigned permitting space and went down uh, about 6.15 uh, and started to block the entrance uh, to Drip Cafe, and they put on their typical uh, street theater, you know, the yelling and screaming and the chants and the bullhorns and annoying customers, etc. Well, and I guess one of the things that uh, Steve, producer Steve and producer Joe mentioned to me before we went on the air in preparation of talking with you is that uh, they uh, took issue with Drip's Drip Coffee's mission statement. And so Joe and Steve found it, and this is the mission statement. It says, we love coffee, but service is our passion. The Drip Cafe was founded through our parent company, Recycle God's Love. RGL is a nonprofit organization that's sole mission is to serve the homeless community of Denver, Colorado in the name of Jesus Christ. The Drip Cafe was born out of a vision to support the homeless community by offering jobs, interview skills, money management skills, resume building, and most importantly, to give them a community that loves them through discipleship. Uh, boy, that seems like that, uh, uh, that's a, a very important mission statement. So what else should people know about Friday afternoon? Did you see Johnny down there, Balfouche? Uh Yes, I did. Uh, he was in the back, and he was doing his radar, uh, radio uh, call-in uh, procedure down there. I was actually out in front providing security um, with a couple of other people that had come by, uh, and we all stood there, and we were making sure to, that we could protect the lives and the property of the, the customers and the owners of the uh, company 
when they were there and, and make sure that the protesters didn't cross the line, which they never do. Typically, uh, these types of groups are trained very highly uh, to uh, be provocative, to antagonize somebody, to engage people into a conversation which you know, has no meaning, but it's just there to yell and scream and uh, force people to make a mistake. They take it right up to the edge, but they generally never cross it because then they do, then you can react to it. That's uh, when you're doing defense, it's the non-initiation of force uh, principle that guides everything that you do. But they they were very, very rowdy, and it went on for about uh, two hours. Uh, there were three police there. Uh, uniform police, but they did not attempt to move the uh, protesters back into their uh, assigned protest area. So it just went on for about two or three hours. By the way, Drip Cafe had given out something like 200 hamburgers uh, to people down there, and uh, they had a nice little concert going on next door, and these people did everything they could to uh, interrupt uh, the free exercise of uh, free speech and commerce. It was. It was uh, it's just typical how the Denver Communist Party works. Well, yeah, speaking of, uh, first of all, you said that they did not stay within the area that they were permitted to be protesting. Um, but um, some of the pictures that you sent is that there was a young woman that had decided to do some chalk art, if you will, and the chalk art was uh, drawing uh, male. Um, anatomy on uh, but that looks to me like that was over the the the, so the line that they were all standing behind so in essence she was uh she was actually over the line on that yes no oh absolutely and that's what they do but again you know the police uh clearly were not going to do anything it was three of them and you know 15 of these other people and you know it was a street fair that was going on down there so they just you know let it go until you know there would be any violence or something but yeah that's what they do they 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 go right to the edge to provoke you into a situation where you make a mistake and then they capitalize on it so that was the game plan but uh, i have found balfouche that i find it interesting and and laudable that uh americans when provoked, have generally been very uh, disciplined in their response. And what I do find so frustrating is, is I think that many times these, um, these folks were the same people that were talking about coexisting uh, years ago. And America is the, the great melting pot, and we do want to be a melting pot of many ideas. But shutting down one's other people's voices because you disagree with them is so antithetical to the American idea. And um, so I, I'm just I'm very concerned with the pictures that I saw that you sent over Balfouche. Well, I mean, it's the Denver Communist Party. I mean, they have no interest whatsoever in American values and principles. These people, if you study them, and I've come up against them in Antifa, BLM on many occasions, these are re- re- people who have left society, who have rejected anything, and they find their own identity into whatever their collective tells them to do, and they follow mindlessly because they get support from other people that are part of the group, and the cause of what they're doing is irrelevant. They just follow orders 
you know, from their central committee, and that, that's how they operate. Well, and also the goal is to create chaos. And what is the opposite of chaos is order. And so we, we see this movement that is really trying to create chaos across the spectrum. Um, but uh, what, you know, what's your takeaway? What do you want people to know about uh, you being down at, at uh, Drip Cafe and Drip Coffee last week? Well, it, one of the things that's very, very interesting is most of the customers and people who walk by were very uh, disturbed and not appreciative of what the Dem- Denver Communist Party was doing. Uh, a lot of people just came in and they uh, gave us high fives. Uh, typically, if, if the operation is done right and you don't react, these people, you know, they yell and they chant and, you know, hey, hey, go away, you know, whatever slogans they do. You know, they will they will be there and they will run out of breath. They will get tired. They will get frustrated. And if you don't react to them, they make themselves look like idiots. Uh, the second that you react to them and you get into an, uh, you know, a situation, you know, you're kind of brought down to their level. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we're all Christians and you want to uh, evangelize the people, but, you know, there's, there's a time and a place for it. I mean, uh, Jesus, when he went into the temple, it was knocking over tables of money lenders. He wasn't, uh, uh, you know, he wasn't trying to convert anybody at that point. So uh, you basically just have to find a balance of not engaging these people, let them wear themselves out, let people see what kind of fools they are, and eventually uh, they'll go away. Uh, so the whole the whole thing is to not react to these people and. Uh, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. Okay. Well, Balfouche, I really appreciate you giving us an update uh, on this, and I appreciate Johnny for his courage as well. So, Balfouche, thank you so much. You're very welcome, Kim. Glad to be of help. And uh, just a couple of things. As many of you know, we had talked about the Douglas County Commissioners uh, awarding money. Uh, and this is, first of all, this should not be the proper role of government, taking taking tax dollars from people and then awarding it in grants to uh, others. Uh, just the, the whole program is antithetical to uh, what is the proper role of government. And I think that I'd mentioned I'd been in a back and forth with some of our county commissioners uh, regarding, again, this uh, was uh, $26,000 that was being awarded to um, Douglas County, or excuse me, um, I think it was Castle Rock Pride is what it was. And uh, so I had texted um, the commissioners um, on this, and I will only give my side. Uh, I did hear from two of the three. And uh, I said, Kim Munson here weighing in on the potential $26,000 being awarded to the local pride organization. Reasons for you to vote no. Now, once again, uh, and we've had um, Wade Miller on with... um, the Center for Renewing America, who they're in Washington, D.C., and he said that we could get our our federal budget balanced within 10 years if we would just quit funding all this woke stuff. And, again, these are grants that might even be coming down to the federal government, and then we have uh, electeds that that think they're altruistic with our money. But I wanted to continue on. I said, and uh, the reason that they said they were awarding this money was for suicide prevention for kids. 
And I said, confusion can lead to hopelessness, which can lead to suicide. Pride and drag shows create confusion in our children and are antithetical to nature's law. So Castle Rock Pride have been, has done some um, drag shows in front of children. I said, granting taxpayer dollars, whether federal or local, is not the proper role of government. Three, granting taxpayer dollars to organizations that support programs where grown men dress up like women and gyrate provocatively in front of children in a lewd manner hurts children by implanting images in their little brains that sow seeds of confusion and grooms children for potential abuse. I said, four, this is not free money from the feds. We are trillions of dollars in debt, and we don't have the money. Uh, five, I said, the argument of if we don't take the money, someone else will is based on the premise of if we don't rob our neighbors, someone else will. I said, do the right thing and vote no on these grants. And then I also said that uh, this trans activist movement is antithetical to nature's law. But I quickly, this uh, this was a letter to the editor that this woman, Ursula, uh, this was in the little paper, said, um, and this was really well thought out. She said, I've been following Douglas County's efforts to address the mental health needs of our community members, particularly the needs of our youth. And I'm more than a little perplexed with the recent announcement that they awarded a grant to Castle Rock Pride. Per their website, the mission of Castle Rock Pride is to build a supportive community for LGBTQ plus residents of Castle Rock. I've reviewed this organization's grant application, and they admit that they have no history of employing a mental health professional. They do imply that a mental health professional will be employed if they were to be awarded a grant, but stepping into the clinical realm is well outside of their mission. On their website, there is no transparency on who the individuals are behind this organization. If there is a desire to expand the mission into clinical work, do they have a board who's qualified to help make this uh, pivot? I also question why our county commissioners feel compelled to call out the support of one particular identity group, the LGBTQ plus community. Struggles with mental health, drug abuse, and suicidal ideation affect far more than one identity group. Douglas County Mental Health Initiative's Suicide Prevention Roadmap states that nearly 62% of all suicide deaths in Douglas County are from individuals who have a history of mental health issues. The Colorado Department of Public Health, Douglas County, states that of the youth who committed suicide over a four-year period, nearly 20% 27% were on antidepressants and nearly 40% had alcohol and 20% had marijuana in their systems when they died. And nearly 17% had opiates in their system, respectively, when they died. I'm skeptical that building positive networks of support and inclusion will be adequate to help these youths overcome drug and alcohol addiction. Picking a group of people to support based on particular uh, a particular attribute of said group, here, example, sexual orientation, is degrading and in- inhumane. This decision makes me question whether our county commissioners really care about the needs of our youth. And again, I thought this was uh, such a well-thought-out letter to the editor. And these issues are so important. Uh, they are meant to create chaos in our lives and chaos in our communities. And we, uh, uh, the idea of America was a society of order. And we have these discussions because of great sponsors like Karen Levine. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the Metro Real Estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. 
That's 303-877-7516. Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-999-9999. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about popular rationalism at KimMunson.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I am so pleased to have on the line with me Janice Heisel. She reports on basically all things Trump at the Epic Times. So she's a busy person. Uh, Janice Heisel, welcome to the show. Kim, thank you for having me. I actually just got home at 2 a.m. local time here in Ohio after trying to get home from covering some Trump events in South Carolina. (laughs) Well, I saw uh, regarding that uh, event in South Carolina that it was... uh, um, the, the, very successful. I think it was sold out. And so you were there. So what's your takeaway from that, Janice? And and thank you for getting home late and then being with us today. I really appreciate it. So what's your takeaways from that? Well, sure. I actually, I really enjoyed talking to people like you. And so um, in covering that event, uh, one of the most interesting things to me was that uh, it seemed, I, I noticed a shift in um, former President Trump's messaging. And what I mean by that is um, a large percentage of the speech that he gave at that event was focused on Bidenomics versus Trump policies. So I thought that there was a, that definitely signaled a shift based compared to other speeches that I've heard him give and at rallies or at dinners like this one. And the other takeaway was it really seemed to resonate with the crowd there. I did speak after the event with um, a couple who you know, they own their own business, they have six children, and they described how they are feeling the pinch on their business and also on their family. So I thought that was a really interesting way to show how government policies affect all of us. And, you know, sometimes you don't really think of it that way, but this couple definitely did. So, you know, as we look back regarding the Trump presidency, people had actual real more dollars in their their household um, finances than um, than before now people actually because of all of the well binomics I guess we would say people have less money in their pockets and uh, is this going to resonate do you think with voters well you know 
it's, it's hard to say what vote what will appeal to voters, but it seems like not just in this election cycle, but traditionally throughout the history of our country, the quote unquote kitchen table issues, the things that people feel um, you know affect their daily lives, do tend to have an, uh, an impact. And also, one of the more interesting aspects of it was uh, former President Trump pointed out in that same speech that it's kind of odd how little things such as a regulator on your toilet, on your sink, on your shower can have a big effect on you. And those are also policy driven. And he was saying how he had a really humorous little uh, explanation how you're in the shower and I have a gorgeous set of hair. We all know about his comb over. (laughs) (laughs) And the audience really laughed at that and talked about how you end up being in the shower you know, 10 times as long, basically, to get the same effect. And so is there really any benefit to some of these regulations and uh, policies that are, are being put into place? You know, that is uh, that is such an in- interesting perspective. It, it is the little things. And um, regarding the, the, you know, the low flush toilets, many times uh, there has to be double, triple flushes on those to actually um, take care of business on that. And I've always thought that that was so goofy. So it's more about control than about what, you know, what they really say is happening. And hopefully people are starting to recognize that but let's shift janice because you're busy watching everything with trump these recent charges what's your thoughts about that um the most recent set of charges are being viewed by a lot of the legal experts that i've talked to and read about uh as an attempt to criminalize political speech uh, and one of the the biggest concerns about the the legality or the, not the legality the legal sufficiency of the case is how do you prove what's in a person's mind? And it's, the allegation is that former President Trump knew that the election was not stolen, but then lied to the American public and also took steps too far, according to the indictment, to try to challenge the election results. And so, basically, he was he was told by some people that, you know, hey, you're not going to win this, the election wasn't stolen, but there were other people who said, for example, that um, former Vice President, well, then still Vice President Pence had the power to uh, step in and, and challenge the certification of the Electoral College votes on January 6th. So, it, it, it's just, how do you look at it, you know, who... Do you believe, if you're President Trump, do you believe the people who are telling you, stop this, there's there's no sense in pursuing, or do you believe the people who say, go ahead with it? Janice, that's interesting that you would bring that up, because out here in Colorado, we have a a real connection to this. And, And John Eastman, who was Trump's attorney, uh, I actually, he, he was out here in Colorado at the University of Colorado, and he ended up getting canceled uh, as the um, visiting professor of conservative thought and policy. He's an excellent constitutional attorney. And so I decided to take my rig up, and we did a podcast within about a month after January 6th. And so I, I asked him what really happened, and I'm paraphrasing how I remember this, but my understanding is, is he said to to Pence, he said there were five of them in the room. There was uh, President Trump, uh, John Eastman, um, Vice President Pence, his attorney, and his chief of staff. 
and that Eastman, again, I, I'm, I'm doing this from memory, did not say that, that Pence could um, you know, negate the election, but what that he could do is to wait to do the certification until all these different legislatures could convene. Because remember, this was right after the first of the year, and most legislator, legislatures don't convene until after the first of the year, that could just delay this to let them... To, to let them get in, into place and, and review this. And that was the choice that President Trump had asked Pence to do, and Pence instead did not do that. And so um, it put me in a really interesting position to actually in, get to interview Eastman on that, uh, Janice. Oh, that would have been fascinating. Maybe you and I can, uh, you can connect me with him because I would really like to talk to him. Although um, he might not be willing to talk this, at this juncture because there are six unnamed, um, quote-unquote, co-conspirators, and based on description, a lot of media outlets, including the Epic Times, have uh, pretty much been able to identify, I mean, you can tell based on the description of, of these people's actions who they are, and, and he, he is believed to possibly be in that list of people who aren't indicted. So uh, that's another aspect of this. By describing these people sufficiently that most people might, who are in the know would be able to figure out who they are, is that a way to sort of intimidate them? That's a question that's been raised by some people I interviewed. Well, and also I think with John Eastman is, uh, I know, I think for sure in California they're trying to disbar him. I mean, this is really almost unbelievable, Janice, what's happening in our country. And are they so afraid, and when I say they, I'm going to say radical activists, deep state, are they so afraid uh, of, of Trump that they're pulling out all stops? And I know that's a subjective question, so you can decide how you want to answer that. Well, how I always try to answer things is based on what I hear rather than on my own opinion. And I, I do think that a lot of the people that I've spoken to and accounts that I've read would concur with, with that concern that you just raised. So uh, it is a, the term unprecedented is almost feeling like it's overused, but there's not really a lot of other ways to describe accurately what is going on. We've never seen this sort of thing happening in our country. And no matter what side of the aisle people fall regarding on the political spectrum, all of us need to look at this and say this is not okay. If this was, if this was um, flipped, and we saw Republicans going after Democrats like this, I would say, Janice, this is not okay either. This is not. This is not what America is. And so I, I've got to think, Janice, that the big, broad middle of America as they learn what is really happening will say that this is not okay from your blue dog Democrats to unaffiliated Republicans, conservatives, libertarians. Are you starting to see a shift that way? Well, the poll numbers, if you believe polls, we've all seen polls can be, uh, you know, un unreliable and you know, not accurate. And I've, I can tell you that with each succeeding indictment, the support for former President Trump has been increasing. Now, will that continue? Will or will voters start to go? This is a bridge too far because there may be another indictment coming out any day now. Uh, former President Trump has acknowledged that 
the grand jury has been meeting in Georgia again over the election challenge. So um, we'll just have to see how it plays out. But at the same time, even if people are, you know, supporting him and, uh, you know, people who don't like him, I've heard, are actually kind of thinking that the, these prosecutions don't it feel like piling on. Um, I've heard that phrase used. So what can, what can be done, though, because the wheels are in motion, the, the powers that be are doing what are taking these actions. So what can the average person do, even if there is a groundswell of opposition? I don't know how that's going to play out at all. Oh, that's a that's an important question. I'm talking with Janice Heisel, and she reports on all things Trump for the Epic Times. And we have these important conversations because of great sponsors. I know each and every one of my sponsors personally, and a great way to work with great people and support the show is to give them your your business. Knowledge is power. A reverse mortgage can be an important financial tool for individuals 62 and older. It is essential to understand the process so that all your questions are answered. With nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry, Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Kim Munson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. You want to be proactive about protecting your home and family in light of high crime and uncertain times. You need to go to Franktown Firearms. As a family-owned and family-friendly gun store and range, Franktown Firearms invites you to train and learn together. They want you and your family to be safe and confident in using the firearms you purchase. And while most ranges will teach you to shoot down a straight line, Franktown offers a more tactical approach where you're walking, ducking, drawing, in more realistic scenarios, and always with safety as a top priority. Training your family to defend themselves is an important process. You need a patient and experienced trainer to work with. Franktown Firearms offers group classes, one-on-one training, and special shooting events like Tactical Fun Night to improve your skill and have fun while you're at it. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown and schedule your family's training today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I'm talking with Janice Heisel. She is uh, she reports on all things Trump for the Epic Times. Of course, the Epic Times is doing just great journalistic work. Uh, Janice, what one thing that I'm concerned about is that we've gotten to a point where People are voting personality, and and this is across the spectrum from city council all the way up, personality over principles. And I think part of it might be that we as as Americans have kind of forgotten what these principles are, that government is supposed to be small so the individual can be big and go after their hopes and dreams. Uh, So uh, I really like many of the policies that 
that uh, President Trump had during his um, presidency. I am a, a bit concerned about the personality versus principles. What what do you see out there? Oh, that is such a great point because, you know, when I talk to everyday people, uh, one of the emerging themes, overarching theme is, gosh, I can't stand the guy. Other people go, gosh, I love everything about him. I think he's a fighter. It's awesome that he gets out there and gives it right back to these people, calls them names, you know, gets down and dirty, doesn't take any crap from anybody. Um, but then we have what I like to call that messy middle, which I think that, I wish somebody would do a poll on this because my sense is there are a lot more people who fall in that messy middle, which is they maybe don't like or even hate the way he presents publicly, but they like his policies. I interviewed somebody at a uh, this last uh, event that I attended in South Carolina who said, you know, even people that they've spoken to who can't stand the guy personally will acknowledge that his policies uh, were beneficial. And so um, I, I do think, though, that sometimes people don't engage their brains and they will vote based on emotion rather than the policy or the fact. Well, and I was talking with a, a friend of mine this weekend who's libertarian, and he said that he voted twice for Trump and probably will again. Um, but he said, I don't really like the guy, and, and you know, he's bombastic, agreed, narcissistic. And that's one of the things that people have called him as narcissistic. And I, I did challenge my friend on that because as I've watched, uh, you know, over the years, some of his different campaign events one of the things that i noticed is he comes out and he he really gives accolades to many of the electeds that are there and um says thank you and i said you know i think a narcissist doesn't really normally do something like that and my friend said that's a good point so what do you think narcissist or not well I haven't yet had the opportunity to, to meet with him, but I'm, I'm trying for that. i got to tell you, though, in, in the observations I've made, both during the time that I've been reporting on President Trump and just as a, as a citizen prior to that, is that other media outlets have, I believe, created a caricature of who he really is. To some extent, this is of his own doing because... He is a larger-than-life persona, and I'm sure that Trump privately is probably a lot different than he presents, or at least somewhat different than he presents publicly. Um, but I, I will say that I've also heard um, some stories of some absolute, what we would call altruistic uh, actions. Um, there are people who, you know, he, he had given big tips to waitresses or went out of his way just to call a gold star mother whose you know, son was killed in serving our country, um, was moved to tears by some of these um, things. And so I, I, I do think, this is just my perception, that there is a lot more, it's, not, it's been very one-sided, the, 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 the picture that's being painted isn't nuanced whatsoever. It's just easy to go, this guy's a narcissist, and dismiss it. 
um, versus trying to find out the, the nuances of who he really is as a person and as a, a public official and celebrity and all of the things that he is. We all have multiple facets to our personalities, and I think we tend to pigeonhole people in general, and, and that's just the way we're wired. Uh, but I, I think that it would be fascinating, you know, I'm trying to really uncover some of those things about who, who he really is. Well, and I had uh, seen a story of that he had actually paid the mortgage off of some people that were struggling, and uh, I, I think what I'd really like is to have a more balanced um, view of, of who he really is. He's a New Yorker. I used to spend a lot of time going back to New York. I'd been in the, the uh, clothing business for many years, and so would go back to New York and and. Uh, you know he's a he's a New Yorker. I but I've always kind of loved that bombastic New York persona. I've, I've found that the the hearts of of New Yorkers are are really big. They may come across as as um, as uh, bombastic, but yet I, I always had just wonderful experiences in New York. And so uh, I never was really uh, offended by that. There were a few things early on that he said that I'm like, Ugh, I kind of wish you wouldn't have said that. But, um, you know, I think we've all, all, all had, have done things like that, and a little grace could go a long way. But I do, there are a few things I'm like, I really wish you would not have said that. <laughs> what about you, Janice? Well, when you say a, a more balanced portrayal of him, I mean, that is absolutely what I am striving for. Um, I want to, you know, I do my very, very best to try to bring out, you know, not just, I hate him, I love him. I'm trying for the, the people right there in the middle as much as I can because I do think that that's more of where the, the, the truth probably lies about, you know, anybody. I've written many articles over the years. I, I used to cover a lot of criminal uh, prosecutions. We're talking murder cases, and um, you know, it's always interesting to me that there are people who absolutely love people who've done some very heinous crimes. They have mothers, they have brothers, sisters, friends who love them, but yet they admit, yeah, I, I, I killed this person, or you know, stabbed him eighty times, or whatever. And so, so again, we try to really simplistically. You know, is this person overall a bad person? Probably, but you know, it's important to know. And I don't think you're. I don't think you're. Ref- yeah, I, yeah. And I don't think you're referring to Trump on that. You're referring to this. Oh, not other... at all. I'm talking about criminal no. cases that I've covered. You mm-hmm. know, where where there are people who absolutely you know love a person who's done something incredibly horrible, and yet well, all we hear from a lot of other media outlets are the things that you know. I hate to use the term, but orange man bad. <laughs> We've seen that term. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what we, but that's the characterization or the caricature that it is painted here. Um, and again, I, I, it's my goal to try to be as balanced as I possibly can in presenting the, the issues and who Trump is as best I can. Okay, Janice Heisel, I think this is great, and uh, stay tuned on that. How can people uh, find you? I know that you are writing extensively, so what's the best way to, to, to find you? Okay, so if you go, you have to put the in front of it, com To find my work, then you would put a slash author, A-U-T-H-O-R, hyphen Janice, hyphen 
Heisel, H-I-S-L-E. That will take you to a list of all of my articles. So I want to thank you very much for the opportunity to have this conversation today, and I hope it was valuable for you and your listeners. Well, absolutely. And again, that's Janice Heisel. It's H-I-S-L-E, and she's with the Epic Times. Janice, uh, let's stay in touch um, because I think you're doing just fascinating work. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate the conversation. Have a great day. Uh, you as well. And my friends, as I was uh, looking for the quote for the end of the show, um, we are so blessed here. Even though we have all of these challenges, we are so blessed in America. And so I went to Luke twelve forty-eight, and that is to whom much is given, much is required. So we need to step it up here. My friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. Necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show. Analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, transgender rights, racial rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there are special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that people still really prefer freedom over force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation and welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, producer Joe, uh, Zach, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, Happy Tuesday, I guess it is, right, producer Steve? Yeah, Tuesday, (laughs) August 8th. All day long. And uh, Producer Joe, does he have his ears on? I know there were some technical challenges with that microphone. Yes, ma'am. I'm here, too. Okay. It's it's exciting to have you join the team. I'm very excited about it, Joe. And I know that... I know that uh, we will miss producer producer Steve. Uh, he's going to retire at the end of the month, but very excited that you are learning uh, what to do behind the, the boards. There's a lot of moving parts, aren't there, Joe? Yes, ma'am, there are. 
<laughs> yes, yes, they are. But excited about that. Hey, be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson.com. And sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, the show comes to you because of great sponsors. One of those sponsors of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories is Hooters Restaurants. And they have five locations, uh, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And uh, great specials Monday through Friday for both lunch and happy hour. How I got to know them, it was when I was on city council. It's a really important story about PBIs and uh, just uh, in this battle of ideas about uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And so you can find that story at KimMunson.com. Our word for the day is rapacious, and it's an adjective. And uh, first definition is having or showing a strong or excessive desire to acquire money or possess things, greedy. Number two, living by killing prey, especially in large numbers. Three, taking things by force, plundering. So your, your challenge will be to use rapacious in a sentence today. And I, this is what I came up with. Well, the general public has thought that electeds and bureaucrats had our best interests in mind. And if you do, we are realizing that PBIs on both sides of the aisle actually have rapacious agendas. And that was, uh, I was going to the third definition, taking things by force and plundering the taxpayer is what I see. I'm very concerned that we are going to, on property taxes, without property tax simplification and reform in Colorado, that we will be taxing people out of their homes. Uh, in the first hour, we had Balfouche who called in regarding uh, uh, Drip Cafe or Drip Coffee in the Santa Fe Arts District and a number of protesters that showed up to pro- protest. Uh, Johnny, one of our listeners that called in, said that he would be um, uh, doing some disc jockey work there last Friday. And uh, Johnny responded, he said, I was in the inside of Drip Cafe, not on the street that time, because we didn't have a permit to be outside. But I was praying, and we did our, our share of the gospel to some of those people, and this is Johnny. So, Johnny, thank you for uh, keeping us uh, in the loop on this. And as Balfouche said, it was the, the Denver Communist Party that was on the street out front of Drip Cafe trying to create chaos. And uh, we need to connect the dots between those that are focused on chaos, which is that chaos is trying to take down the American idea. The American idea is so unique. Uh, the declaration, this vision that all men are created equal with rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and that the Constitution was put in place to have an ordered society. And so all those that are trying to create chaos and confusion in in our minds, in our, our communities, uh, we need to get our idea, our brains around the principles of order, and we need to speak uh order, grace, all these things into this chaos that is being fomented in our communities right now. And uh, our um, quote of the day, and as you know, I've been uh, pulling these quotes from the Medal of Honor uh, quote book from the Center for American Values, which is located in Pueblo, Colorado. And you can get more information about them by going to AmericanValuesCenter.org. And a couple of things, they focus on uh, honoring our Medal of Honor recipients, but also then uh, teaching uh, those 
those fundamental principles of honor, integrity, and patriotism uh, to ourselves and then programs to, to teach this to our children. So if you want the complete citation of Edward C. Dahlgren, United States Army Medal of Honor recipient, you can listen to that uh, in the one to two hour if you missed that this morning because that will be replayed this afternoon on all KLZ platforms, one to two. Uh, but... Edward was born in 1916. He died in 2006. And he said, as a platoon leader, I did the very best I could to protect my men with the help of God. And again, I would recommend that each of you order this Medal of Honor um, quote book from the Center for American Values at AmericanValueCenter.org and have that on your bookshelf in your Freedom Library. And the show comes to you because I, I get to work with wonderful sponsors. And I know each of them personally and highly recommend them. And uh, so if you need their goods or services, know that when you work with them, you'll be working with excellent people. And one of those is a, a relatively new sponsor, and that is John Boson with Boson Law. John, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Great to have you. And uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, seeking medical care after an accident or incident as soon as possible. And why is that so important, John? Well, great to be here, Kim. And yeah, we've, we've talked you know, about a lot of things to do after a motor vehicle accident. One of the things that's real important, and a lot of people kind of put it off because after an accident, you don't always feel hurt. Uh, you're not always hurt, but the adrenaline kicks in and it can hide actually pain and symptoms. And uh, doing this as long as I have, I've, I've seen folks that uh, have gone home thinking no problems. Hour or two later, significant problems, sometimes life-threatening problems. So I, I strongly encourage folks, you're in an accident, uh, get checked out. If it's uh, a significant accident, just do not delay. Go as quickly as quickly as possible, urgent care. If an officer is on the scene and believes that you need to seek medical care, don't turn that down. Go in, get checked out. It's important because there are injuries that can uh, be there. You may not feel them. You may not have uh, any indication at that point in time that, that you have a problem, but they can, they can literally be life-threatening. So it's important. Um, a lot of times folks will put off for a day or two even when they do have pain, uh, and, and that's just not a good idea. Take the time, get in, see a doctor, get checked out, make sure that you don't have something that literally could be life-threatening. You know, John, you mentioned the adrenaline thing. At the end of the year last year, I was stopped at a stoplight, and um, somebody ran into the back of my car. And I have to tell you, I, that, that whole adrenaline thing, uh, even just a little fender bender like that, it really kicked in. And, I, I mean, I was kind of shaky. I, I, I mean, that adrenaline thing um, is real. I mean, it is totally real, isn't it? It is absolutely. It's, it's another reason I encourage folks. Um, we've got a brochure that we, we give out to folks, and if they get in an accident, it just literally walks people through what they should do, what they shouldn't do, because that adrenaline also affects the ability to think clearly. Uh, it's the fight or flight, and, and when you're in that situation, you forget things, you do not think clearly. So it's good to have something you can just pull out, you can look at, you can literally go through the steps what to do, what not to do. 
Well, and I can say from personal experience that that's true. My hands were shaking. I was trying to just kind of get my bearings again. The person that uh, ran into me was just just really great to work with. And uh, anyway, yeah, but but that whole adrenaline thing is a big thing. So uh, so people need to, to make sure that they are also working with reputable people if they're going through this, this very challenging time. And Boson Law personal injury uh, lawyers, I can highly recommend them. How can people reach you, John Boson? Well, it's that really difficult, hard number to remember, <laughs> I guess, of course. Um, 303-999-9999. Time is always of the essence. The sooner somebody calls me, the sooner we can get them on the right path. Whether I represent someone or not, I'm going to give them critical, important information that they need to have as soon as possible after an accident. Well, and again, that's uh, Boson Law at 303-999-9999. John, thank you so much, and we will talk to you next week. Have a great day, Kim. And another great sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And uh, they can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs, from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan team is there. Rosie's doing it. So is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that, and guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I uh, wanted to mention Janssen Photography, located out in uh, Lakewood, Colorado. They have an amazing property there. Uh, that can just have beautiful landscapes for the portraits that they do. They specialize in portraits uh, for families or uh, children or senior portraits. It is August 8th, hard to believe. And so those senior portraits will be due for yearbooks probably oh, sometime in the autumn. So now is a great time to get that appointment made for those senior portraits. And then, my friends, uh, having that 
that great um, photo of, of uh, for your political or your business career is so important. I did a photo shoot with um, Jansen Photography, Glenn Jansen works magic with the camera and uh, we needed to get some updated photos and they just did a beautiful job and so you can get more information by going to jansenphotography.com that's j-a-n-s-s-e-n photography.com uh, pleased to have on the line with me Pam Long and uh, you know her she writes for Children's Health Defense but also writes and publishes at KimMunson.com she is a West Point graduate a former captain in the Army Medical Service Corps and is really keeping our focus on our medical freedom and uh, our privacy. And she's written a very important piece that we will publish this week, uh, in this Sunday, in the newsletter, Privacy Concerns About RFID Tracking in Student School IDs and Bus Passes. Pam Long, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kim. I tell you, there is big brother, big sister, big, big, big. Um, but explain to our listeners what an RFID is. Sure. So radio frequency identification, or RFID, is it's been used over the years to track uh, livestock or high-value dollar items in stores to prevent theft and um uh, so products and services, but it, it is now being implemented in this growth of school security in the name of safety to be attached to a student ID or a student bus pass. And a lot of our privacy experts on both sides of the aisle, both conservatives and liberals, are saying this is too far. Putting RFID tracking on humans is the line we need, where we need to stop this. What is the premise? Why are these school districts, well, a couple of things from after reading your article. They're, they're saying, saying the reason they want to do it, but there's also money involved, correct? So address both of those. So, right. So in any of these, um, you know, incremental growth of government, you, you always see this pattern of behavior where it's the, the agenda starts off and everyone agrees with, yes, we need safety in schools. And, you know, so most people are okay with cameras and metal detectors in our, in our high schools, and so no one can bring a weapon into school. Everyone agrees on that. But then you have these big companies like Raptor Technology is, is a big one here in Colorado, where they are creating a product and then, you know, potentially lobbying with your state governments that their, their product is mandated. And so what you see with, for example, Raptor Technologies, is that they have created an entire Raptor school safety suite that has grown to screen visitors, track volunteers, report on safety drill requirements, respond to emergencies, and reunite families in case of an emergency. And that's the current situation right now. And in the near future, we see this RFID uh, products and services and even mapping of uh, digital mapping of entire school campuses. So. That is the long-term goal is uh, RFID in schools, and you can see where then all, once you desensitize a generation to RFID and their student ID, you can see this becoming commonplace in the workplace. But all under the, the guise of school safety. And, you know, that's one of the things, Pam, I remember back with the Patriot Act after 9-11, as uh, and I had not read the whole act, but just as I, I was looking at the synopsis on this, I, I looked at it and I thought, this 
boy, this looks like this is a real assault upon liberty. Uh, everyday people, their individual liberty. But, oh, okay, they say it's for safety. We see our liberties being peeled away under the guise of safety. And I think one of the founding fathers said that if one puts uh, you know, safety above liberty, then at some point in time you'll have neither. Um, and so, so we're seeing this is really a personal assault upon, or this is an assault upon personal liberty. It absolutely is. And if, if you could look at um, going back to about 2012 when there was the first pilot program of RFID in school districts, in big school districts in Texas, and Wired.com wrote a really comprehensive article about how this is its all about the money. It's big brother style monitoring motivated by money. And despite uh, privacy concerns, health concerns, and now the schools argue that they can collect more state funding by increasing attendance numbers for students who are in the building, but not necessarily in their assigned classroom seats. They might be somewhere else on campus, in a counseling office, in a library, in a lunchroom, in a hallway. So that was how it was pitched to the public. We can get more money for schools by using RFID. But when you actually looked at the finances a year later, there was so much public backlash with this program because of a lawsuit of one particular student. But if I could just talk about the money for a second. Uh, So Texas schools told the public that they hope to gain $2 million in state funding by increasing their attendance with this program. And what actually happened is they only increased attendance by 0.5%, half a percent which generated $136,000 in state reimbursement. And they had invested over $261,000 in this first pilot program year. So nowhere near what they told the public was gained with the implementation of this, of this program. And meanwhile, a student, Andrea Hernandez, sued the San Antonio School District in Texas, saying that this violated her civil liberties and religious beliefs to be tracked by essentially what is a GPS tracking system in every place on campus. And, you know, groups, watchdog groups like the American Civil Liberties Group sided with her, and we have Supreme Court cases who have sided with her saying that, you know, 28 days of constant monitoring is a trespass, is illegal, and that was um, uh, a court case established in, in 2012 about the same time. So if 28 days of, of, of tracking someone's location is, is a trespass, then certainly an entire school year is a trespass. Well, this is a great story in perseverance because uh, the court, federal court actually sided against Andrea Hernandez and it said that the school mandated the RFID badge, she had to wear it, she was expelled. And, but the public backlash was so great on this because she, she brought to light all, you know, transparency on what was really happening with this program, that it was tracking students and it had coercive functions that if you didn't participate in the program, that you, you weren't allowed in the um, cafeteria or the library or to buy tickets to extracurricular activities. It could follow you to the school psychologist, to certain maybe conservative clubs, um, and eventually, at the end of the year, the school did stop this program, this pilot program of RFID and student badges. And so ultimately, she won, even though she was expelled and she was allowed to return to school. She transferred. So there's a really great quote from her attorneys that says, 
is Andrea Hernandez and her family show the best way to ensure that your government officials hear you is by never giving up, never backing down, and never remaining silent, even when all things seem hopeless. And this is, we take great heart in this, but the the challenge is, is that those that are pushing these agendas, they just they just do redirection and they just do different, you know, take a different tact because uh, you mentioned in your piece that here in Colorado, the Cherry Creek School District is um, had launched an RFID bus pass system. So talk about that a little bit, Pam. Yes, let's talk about some of these Colorado schools like Cherry Creek. So, again, because there was legislation and, and again, uh, if you follow le- legislation at our Capitol, you will see oftentimes with agendas, there are, there are these groups that are portrayed as grassroots, you know, parental groups at demanding safety, like the, the moms group was very vocal this year on gun control. And oftentimes these groups very much have ties to an industry or an agenda. They're not actually grassroots groups. And this has happened with school safety. And because it's safety, many of us say, oh, this is a, this is a good thing. But you can see where this is going. This is going towards an incremental reach to a surveillance state. And so Cherry Creek School District, they because of legislation was passed that mandated certain things like a volunteer management program, and um, they are now implementing an RFID bus pass system in 2022, as of, of 2022. And, and other school districts have it as well. But, um, you know, I just want to focus on them for a minute because not only did they mandate this RFID bus pass for bus uh, people who ride the bus, but for all students. So it's not just the bus riders, which is interesting. And then so this system sends a notification to parents' phones saying, you know, the child, the student got on the bus, the student got off the bus, where the bus is, you know, the bus made it to school. So in the district will say this is – this technology is for safety, and some parents might even say that gives them peace of mind. But, you know, these systems need to be audited, and parents need to ask questions. You know, what are the safeguards to prevent this geolocation data of children from criminals, from sex offenders? These are, there's a lot of questions that should be asked. And any type of RFID um, system is not included. And anyone who has a compatible RFID reader, then this has been established uh, through um, this court case I just mentioned and in the discussion on this, can read these devices and know exactly what the school knows, where that bus is and where those, where those students are. So, you know, parents need to be asking questions, namely, you know, what data is collected? How is it stored? Is it encrypted? Is it in the cloud? Who can access that data? How can a parent opt out? You know, and do these systems actually improve safety for the cost? Boy, these are such important questions. I'm talking with Pam Long regarding the essay that will roll out this weekend, Privacy Concerns About RFID Tracking in Student School IDs and Bus Passes. A surveillance state, when you say the word surveillance state, that uh, stops me in my tracks. And so we'll continue the conversation with Pam Long. The text line is 720-605-0647. That is 720-605-0647. And uh, one of the things before before we continue on is I, I intellectual curiosity, understanding these issues is so important. And we're going to have Dr. James Lyons-Weiler on tomorrow. Um, and you know him, he's on regularly. 
and uh, he's created this complete education system, IPAC-EDU, as IPAK-EDU, and we're preparing for the fall semester. We'll talk about it tomorrow. But my friends, really, to, to stay young, to stay vibrant, to understand what's going on, we must have intellectual curiosity. And I'm actually surprised. I do talk with people that's, that's just basically don't have that. And it kind of, that kind of breaks my heart. But for all of you that do, check out IPAC-EDU. And uh, he's a great sponsor of the show, just like Lauren Levy. It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubbs Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubbs Services. Schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubbservices.com and receive a great gift. That's johnnystubbservices.com. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. A recent report notes that the number of children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder is consistently and dramatically increasing. This is heartbreaking. If your child or grandchild or someone you know has been diagnosed with autism or ADHD following exposure to Tylenol or acetaminophen during pregnancy, call Boson Law at 303-999-9999. Boson Law is a Colorado-based law firm who has been fighting Big Pharma for over 20 years. Call now at 303-999-9999 for a free, no-obligation review of your potential claim. Call now at 303-999-9999. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for a weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I have uh, Pam Long on the line. She is uh, writes for us. She also writes for Children Health Defense. And uh, she is a West Point graduate, former captain in the Army Medical Service Corps. And before we get back into it, Pam, you and I both have a heart for the USMC Memorial Foundation and what they're doing to raise money uh, for the Marine Memorial. It is so important that we know our history, remember our history. As a graduate from West Point, you've heard all these amazing stories, and you understand that, right? Right. And earlier, Kim, when you were saying, you know, you, were, the question was posed kind of hypothetically, do we still have these same types of people, you know, among us, walking among us, these heroes, you know, Medal of Honor? Yes, we absolutely do. I wanted to assure you that we do. But I do agree with you. We need to be teaching these, these, this history and these stories to our students. Well, and that's why the uh, work that the USMC Memorial Foundation is doing is so important because they will actually have a complete center with the remodel uh, that will have you know many of these stories. So to help them, go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. Pam, I want to connect a dot. Uh, I mean, I feel like the love that parents have for their children 
is really being played upon by those that really want to become a totalitarian state. So under the guise of safety for our children, and we'll talk about Cherry Creek School District. That used to be the district that, that people would try to, to save to get their kids into that school district because it had such a great reputation for educating kids. But it has, in many ways, I've had parents that have reached out to me, has become very, air quotes, woke in a curriculum, uh, in um, what is happening in the classroom. So instead of teaching kids reading, writing, arithmetic, and some of that does, and, and I need to, yes, there are great teachers in all of these districts, but this agenda is making it very difficult for great teachers to teach their kids the things that they need to, to, so that kids can become successful in their own lives. And so under the guise of safety, and I, I've thought about it, parents care so much about their safety. They put bike, bike helmets on their kids' heads because they don't want them to be injured if they fall off the bike and you'll have a head injury. But yet we're not careful about what's being put into their into their brains. And so under the guise of safety, I really think parents are getting played. And you and I have been on this journey to see this usurpation of parental control. So these school districts that say that they're, you know, trying to take care, you know, keep students safe, have been trying to take away parental control. And so when we connect that dot that they are taking, trying to take away parental control and then they come in and say, but we want to um, have a surveillance state on your students, parents need to say, oh, danger, danger. I know that's, that's a complicated dot to connect, but I think that that is happening. Well, absolutely. Parents need to get in there and say, okay, well, let's, you know, let's do the cost benefit of these, you know, for example, this new map requirement of digital map of the campus in Florida, the $14 million program benefiting one vendor, Racker Technologies. Let's push back on that. Let's question, does it really provide $14 million of benefit? And let's, you know, not to pick on Cherry Creek, let's talk about, you know, a case study in Greeley. Uh, Raptor Technologies had a uh, pilot program in Greeley. And they had, in the 2018-2019 school year, they were able to identify nine sex offenders entering schools in that school year. However, they're very clear in this case study that the system does not prevent sex offenders from entering the school because there is a lag in verifying a visitor's ID against the sex offender database. So someone comes in, they offer their driver's license, it's compared against the sex offender database, they're printed a sticker badge identifying who they are, they enter the building, they start movement towards classrooms or an area outside of the admin office. And then maybe a few minutes later, the administration gets a silent notification this person's on, a, on a, you know, a sex offender database and they need to go remove that person from the building. So this is not an instantaneous security check maybe that parents have been led to believe that blocks all the alleged bad guys out of their school buildings. And then let's look at Aspen as well. So Aspen they tested their Raptor alert system in a lockdown, and they reported that this application is faster than the previously used radio system. But applications are dependent on Wi-Fi, which could be unreliable or compromised intentionally in some type of nefarious situation. And so you have to ask yourself, does this system, does it prevent the ultimate worst-case scenario of a mass shooter in your building? And what the Texas legislature found in the Uvalde 
uh, review and investigation is that the Raptor system did not prevent a mass shooting. And they, and they pointed to poor Wi-Fi service and a sat, uh, the staff being desensitized to all the alerts generated by this application. These alerts could be, you know, there's a police activity a, a mile or so from your school that doesn't have anything to do with your, your students in your building. So it's, it's almost like social media where you're, you're just scrolling through all of these alerts and notifications and maybe possibly not paying attention to this, this application. So does it keep bad guys out of your building? Not necessarily. Does it prevent a mass shooting? In the Texas case, the investigation concluded no. So parents need to start getting in there and asking if we are going to be mandated by legislation to put millions of dollars that divert funds away from actual academic achievement are these systems worth the money in keeping our students safe? So that is the the big question. The other thing is, though, is uh, when you say radio frequency, does is there any safety concerns with kids having these things around their necks? You know, you know, eight ten hours a day. Yes, and uh, the watchdog groups have pointed to, um, you know, people are not, uh, I don't think the mass public is really aware right now at this stage in history of there are negative effects to wearing anything that has an electromagnetic frequency or EMS. And I've, I've met people that tell me, oh, you know, all of a sudden I'm having all these, you know, headaches and heart arrhythmias and I'm watching them talk to me with like the Apple Watch on their wrist. And I'd say, when did you start wearing that Apple Watch? Do, do the symptoms coincide? Yes, they almost always do because that is an electromagnetic frequency attached to your body 20, you know, maybe 24 hours a day. This is a similar thing. When you start talking about students having these EMF producing devices and the RFID badges, that they were, are being exposed not only by the, the badge itself, but the readers that sometimes are not even marked you don't even know where they are in the building constant exposure to emfs in your environment there's a there's a health risk it's like a low-grade uh chronic radiation so i think that i think that's something that needs to be explored as well um you know in the big picture we want to keep our kids safe no doubt about that of course these school shootings um are something, you know, relatively new. What was, Columbine was 20, what, 25 years ago now? But but before that, we really didn't didn't have, have that. And so we, I think we have to address the other thing, and that is kind of the breakdown in society and of the, the chaos that has been trying, that, that is being created in our society. How would you address that, Pam? Well, and some of it is real and some of it is, is propaganda. So, you know, for example, when we see that Raptor Technology um, bought a school pass, which is a K-12 platform that helps schools manage attendance, campus movement, and campus wellness in the cloud. So, first of all, that, that is not the closed system. It is just data read at your school, which is how these systems are portrayed to parents. This is in the cloud. So now we potentially have third-party uh, agencies looking at this data, and that includes, you know, um, Raptor says they do not share data with INS and ICE, those are our, our immigration agencies, but they do share information with law enforcement, they do share information with public safety agencies. So 
so, you know, the really parents should ask the question, who sees this data? Who has access to this data? And secondly, when we're talking about campus wellness is now being tracked, see, there's that, that creep again where now we're not just, we're not just tracking uh, volunteers and safety. Now we're tracking campus wellness. And all of us who have just come out of this COVID saw that campus wellness is, it can be weaponized, right? Where, you know, for example, I know a student who was sent home for three different weeks in one school year for a false positive test to COVID, right? Because the data said this student had COVID, which the student did not, student did not have symptoms, lost three weeks of school, three weeks of education because that there was no one would push back on this, the data in the system. And so now you potentially have these school safety suites tracking your your vaccination status, your PCR test results, and, and just saying, sorry, you have to leave school for another week because that, that's, we don't deviate from the system. You can see where this is going. This is all-encompassing. This is very much leading to a surveillance state. And, I mean, what when I was writing this article, this is very much like schools becoming almost prison-like, where someone is tracking your location even to the bathroom. Um, you know, so that we should be pushing back on what, what data is collected. Parents, at a minimum, should be asking, you know, what, what data is collected on my student? How can I opt out? And uh, because these are privacy concerns. These are constitutional concerns. And, and don't let fear erode your privacy rights and your constitutional rights like we saw in COVID. Well, yeah, and uh, I mean, I can almost—it's almost hard to believe that. Of course, we we see this even with our, you know, our cell phones that we realized through the whole COVID reaction that uh, that there were entities that are tracking where we are at all times, and uh, that a surveillance state is just headed towards totalitarianism and it just it just feels onerous it just feels and you know pressing down on people taking away their liberty and that's why we really need to push back on that are you seeing any is this primarily urban schools where uh, we're seeing this these uh, programs um, proposed and paid for no, this is everywhere. This is in suburbia. This is, you know, Raptor Technologies has 35,000 schools across the U.S. And they're not the only company. I'm just focusing on them because they're very common here in Colorado. There's other programs like Crisis Go, Navigate 360, Rave, uh, Centagix, Identikid. Um, your school could have a, a different program and different components of the program. Your school might not have purchased all of the components of the programs. But, you know, like, like, let's go back to Cherry Creek. You know, they spent an initial cost of $700,000 on this RFID bus system, and then they will spend $400,000 annually to maintain it. Those are dollars not going toward student education. Um, so we also need to look at that, the cost-benefit. And school board elections are coming up real quick here in Colorado. The, uh, August 9th, I think tomorrow is when most have to file by and start getting signatures. So school safety will be talked about everywhere. It'll be a big talking point with these candidates and with parents, and we should have balance. I mean, we are in a recession. We are behind academically in math and reading. We should make, be making wise decisions with our taxpayer dollars in education. And 
uh, I'm not seeing where these million-dollar systems are providing million dollars in benefits. But, again, when all you hear is safety and you say, yes, I want safety, it has to be a little – there has to be a little bit more critical thinking on, well, maybe there's an agenda here, first of all. Where is this going? Where are the limits? Where are the boundaries? Where are the opt-outs? But also, um, you know, is this really about safety? Is this really – is these services, are they really providing safety? Those are really the big questions, and uh, I'm talking with Pam Long uh, regarding privacy concerns on tracking our uh, student school IDs and bus passes. And uh, we do want to hear from you. The text line is 720-605-0647, and we'll be taking call-ins as well, 303-477-5600. And um, I have wonderful sponsors that I work with, and uh, they all strive for excellence. And uh, you can work with excellent people when... um, looking for their goods or services and would greatly appreciate you giving them your business. Knowledge is power. A reverse mortgage can be an important financial tool for individuals 62 and older. It is essential to understand the process so that all your questions are answered. With nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry, Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Kim Munson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Franktown Firearms staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well. And that comes from a sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commission from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and Tactical Fun Night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather you be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, Learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that. Then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure to check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. 
sign up for our weekly newsletter at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, on the line with me is Pam Long. She has written an important essay we'll roll out this weekend regarding the RFID tracking in students, school IDs, and bus passes. And surveillance state is antithetical to freedom and to give up uh, our liberty uh, to get to a surveillance state under the guise of safety, we really need to have some gut-wrenching discussions about this. So I thank Pam, uh, Pam Long for that. But Pam, um wanted to change gears just a little bit. And of course, we'd love to hear from all of you. 720-605-0647 is the text line and 303-477-5600 is the call-in line. Uh, um, Pam, just a quick question. Uh, and that is regarding uh, RFK Jr. You write for Children's Health Defense, which is his organization. He's really mixing it up regarding running for president. Um, what's the latest, uh, your latest thoughts on him? Well, you know, his platform is at Kennedy24.com. And I think, you know, I love hearing people respond to him when he speaks. He's really taking a social media approach to uh, talking about his his campaign and his his candidacy, which is really working out for him right now. He's at somewhere about twenty percent as a Democratic um, uh, candidate for president, and he's not too far off from you know a lot of a uh, moderate Republicans. Dare I say that? And um, so when people listen to him, they're often they're shocked at how reasonable he is and how. Uh, articulate and educated, um, and so he's very likable. And I know you had your previous guest on today talking about Trump, and she did a great job of explaining. You know, he's really great on um, policy, even if you don't agree with his personality. That is a fair assessment. And so I think it's almost the reverse with RFK Juniors. People are expecting not to like his policy, but they do. You know, he's he's in the middle there on a lot of important issues, and so he is gaining ground, and he's very likable. And so it's 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 definitely shaping up to be a very interesting uh, president. I mean, presidential election of of my lifetime that I can see myself for the first time in my life, either voting for a Republican or Democrat, which I don't think has been the case in my life ever before, that we have a couple of good candidates on both sides of the aisle um, that are, you know, that reject woke politics, reject, you know, um, some of these radical agendas. And I think the key to our case campaign right now is that he's really focused on exposing corruption, which is resonating with people. Yeah, I actually somebody had uh, suggested a Trump RFK Jr. ticket, and I'm like, well, that would be interesting. So, hey, we have a caller, Joe. Who's our caller? Uh, it's Ann in Denver. Ann in Denver. What's on your radar, Action Ann? Well, it's another action plan. Okay, so if you get a paper and pencil, I just urge everybody to get to their county Republican monthly meeting. Anybody registered. Um, actually, even, even as an unaffiliated, because we want you to re-register as a Republican, actually. Um, it helps it helps get um, more constitutional um, Republicans elected. Um, so anybody can just search for their 
you've got to go by the county, right, and and get to that meeting because we've got a lot of infiltrators who are really rhinos, and so we need more representation from solid constitutional citizens who want to make sure that our candidates stand for the uh, party platform, okay? Um, and, and I also wanted to mention that stop the who, the who.com, so it's stop, exit, and screw, but they're all separate websites, so it's stopthewho.com, exitthewho.com, and screwthewho.com. We've got to stop the UN from controlling our medical treatment, and we've got to put pressure on the U.S. House of Representatives. So if you go to house.gov.com, I mean, no, just house.gov, um, you'll find in Colorado and the surrounding states the representatives, and you can call them night or day, just leave a message and say we have to exit the WHO and support H.R. 79, okay, to exit the WHO, the World Health Organization, okay? okay? Action, Anne, thank you so much. You are so informed on, on things. And um, you, what's your comments on that, Pam Long, regarding the uh, – medical freedom and the WHO? I would encourage people to go to their presidential candidates platform and see who is willing to actually stop the World Health Organization, who is willing to defund and to to stop uh, giving control of pandemic responses to the WHO, and that might also inform their vote. Okay. Uh, listener texted in. That text line is 720 says, Pam Long is awesome. With so many school boards wielding too much power, we are finding that most parents do not understand the massive overreach into their children's lives, and we have to keep informing and speaking out. Um, and uh, no time to lose. Uh, th this listener is absolutely correct on this. And parents, again, parents want the best for their children, and there's been this trust uh, the school boards are to be representing the uh, the community, uh, and um, you know, looking at curriculum, hiring, hiring staff. Uh, over the years, we didn't realize that it was actually many times candidates that were uh, carrying the water for the teachers unions, and the teachers unions don't really care about the teachers or the kids. They really have a political agenda, and so it is so important that parents be informed on this and we are working really diligently and as we come into this uh, this election season we're going to really try to help people out with that uh, through our voters guide Pam and that's great and often our school boards they don't understand technology so today we we're talking about RFID and maybe they've been told this is a great system and it, it uh, has no concerns and it increases funding and and this is an area where parents need to educate their school boards well, absolutely. And uh, again, same listener said, telling the public truth and transparency, we must educate our public about bills that are passed and what it means to them. And Pam, I think that's, I can't, it's like you and I have been in, you know, connection for so long now, I can't quite remember how we got connected, but I think it was back in, was it maybe 2019 with the vaccine bills down at the, the state house? And yes, some, it was. Yes, moms reached out to me and said, take a look at this, and it took me a few weeks. And then when I looked at it, and that's one of the um, sound bites that we have, I looked at this, I'm like, I'm realizing this would give unelected bureaucrats in the future the power to mandate what we would put into our bodies, and then fast forward to COVID, and there we had it. So I think that's how you and I met. 
And you've been great, Kim, because you were amongst the conservatives and Republicans in this state. You were on the front line of this where it took it's been a 10 year process to get medical freedom on the Republican platform. But you were you were there years earlier than most people. Well, and so I am so grateful that our paths have met, and uh, you are doing great essays that people can find at KimMunson.com, and all of them are so well thought out, so well researched, with so much information. What's the final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today, Pam? I would tell parents that you need to really have audits on these school security systems because if we do not put boundaries on RFID tracking of humans, this will be common not only in our schools but in our workplaces as well. Yes, and so we must stand for uh, our freedom, medical freedom, surveillance freedom, freedom from surveillance. Pam Long, I greatly appreciate it. And again, your essay, we will roll that out in uh, this Sunday's newsletter. So thank you. Thank you, Kim. And my friends, as we look at all that is happening here, we are still so blessed in America. And But I went to Luke 1248 for our quote for the end of the show. My friends, to whom much is given, much is required. So my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.